Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And uh, we got a little solo app for you today, um, although I guess technically it's a, a duet. Uh, I feel like anytime a podcast has like no guests, it's a solo app, no matter how many co-hosts there are. Uh, right. So Pat, I don't need to, I don't need to exclude you. It's a solo app. Maybe we should just call it a duet, uh, if that makes more sense. I like, I like duet thematically for this podcast. Yeah. I feel like it, for musical terms, it really, really fits. Yeah, I think that is part of it. So, okay, well, there it is. We are doing a duet today, um, uh, but not, is, is that also, God, really showing how out of touch I am. Is that also what it's called when you do a side-by-side video on TikTok? Is that a duet? Do you duet someone? Sure. Uh, you know, as somebody that exclusively uses TikTok for social media, um, I can guarantee <laughs> that that is called a duet. All right. All right. Good. Great. So we figured that out. Uh, we are doing one long 30 minute TikTok duet today with Pat and I. Um, and yeah, and that's it. Uh, you know, Pat, you know, how you doing? Doing OK. Happy yeah. that it's starting to get warm that we got through the that long brutal winter normally i like winter but you know pandemic and everything can't have people over can't enjoy snowstorms um so it's nice that the sun's out it's nice that it's starting to get warm uh so i'm happy about that how about you yeah good um similarly feeling the the break from winter i think everyone is getting excited you can kind of feel new york waking up which is exciting and cool and you know also i I guess it's like this pandemic's not over so it's a little bit scary but uh yeah but at least you can go outside and do stuff um you know i see in the background here pat you have a new bicycle and that's a cool outside thing to do um yeah you've been you've been riding a little bit yeah um you know like you said new york is coming back so it is terrifying to see people out at brunch um (laughs) Because we're in that weird phase where you don't know if somebody has received their vaccination. Right. And I try not to like assume things about people, but for the amount of people I've seen out at brunch, gonna guess no. Gonna can't yeah. be everybody. Um but yeah, no, getting out on the bike has been nice. I'm looking forward to the day that I don't have to wear several face masks <laughs> while I do it. It yeah. it that's where it gets rough. But that is tough. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, breathing through face, like actually trying to breathe and have cardio through a face two face masks maybe is even more brutal. Yeah. Well, no I'll fun. have superhuman breath by the end of this. <laughs> that is very true. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think you're right that probably most of the people brunching are not uh, not fully vaxxed. I, th- I forget which state it was. I read something this week that was like the biggest uptick in recent cases is all people in their 20s and 30s. And because it's like that's the crowd that's just dying to get out there yeah. and like meet up and hang out. But it's also the age group that is like uh, of adults that is the least vaccinated probably. Yeah. So. Whoops. Yeah. Do you... Uh, do you have any thoughts on what you will do when you first get vaccinated, like fully? Dude, um, no, I don't think I'm going to do stuff that different, to be honest. I'll go hang out with my my dad just got fully vaxxed yesterday. Congrats. Um, thanks. 
his partner is half half vax um so i feel like you know we'll just go visit that's probably what'll happen the boring it's boring but it'll be nice um yeah i think most stuff's not really gonna pop off until the majority of folks are vaxxed yeah um even if like you yourself feel good it's it's gonna be small stuff still i think yeah well i mean but also getting to visit them even if that's boring that's huge yeah no it's it's nice i know that like i'm just excited to go to the grocery store and stress a little bit less (laughs) yeah not have uh all of the tension held in your shoulders yeah (laughs) like you have for the last year exactly yeah i can get that um but uh yeah so this is a music podcast uh folks if you're tuning in for the first time welcome if you're coming back thank you so much you know goddamn you're you're an angel um we yeah we talk about songs that people love and uh before we even like do that sometimes we just talk about songs that we're we're listening to recently try to give you some new music tips uh pat what is what have you been listening to recently or what do you want to give a shout out to um in typical me fashion i cannot limit it to one uh okay just just because my i don't know i feel like being inside all the time i've just needed a lot to help cope um, yeah can we do can we do this dude let's go can you go from yeah. a most accessible to least accessible sure i mean i fair it's not a judgment that's not a judgment i just think that's like a fun way that's just a fun way to like let's eat or let's ease people in you know what i mean right not judge at all knowing me and the things mm-hmm. that i have come to this show with totally fair um, <laughs> I will say this time we're not getting into like dungeon synth or anything like that. Um, okay, okay, no dungeon synth synth on the pod today. No, I'm sorry to disappoint. For we know that's our largest demographic yeah, of listeners. That is our um, largest. Yes. Yeah. All right. So fair enough. Most accessible. We'll go with a band that sings in English. Um, Great. Nervous Dater put out a new record. I guess. Well maybe about a month ago um yes called call in the mess that's a really fun one um mm-hmm. indie rock uh, has some country vibes which is pretty fun um mm-hmm. that's the album that like really made me miss going to show with friends shows with friends uh their song tinfoil hat i just imagined being up at the front of the crowd arm in arm with friends just sort of shouting the chorus um it's really fun if you liked hop along or just you know anything with like a cool fun peppy vibe but like the lyrics are kind of sad when you listen to them it's for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um (laughs) the other thing i've been revisiting from a less accessible standpoint because all the lyrics are in portuguese um okay is an ep from fernando mota and i'm sorry guys i love your band but I'm going to struggle saying this name. Uh, <laughs> Elimina, Eliminadorzinho, which means little and little, little eliminator. Uh, it's an EP called Laps, Lapso. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It has kind of like fuzzy Japan droids vibes. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. If you're into like Midwestern emo, probably mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. realm of listening. But yeah, kind of going back and forth between those two recently. Yeah, those are very fun. I guess the thing I wanted to shout out, also maybe about a month ago, dropped uh, Friends of the Pod Warriors dropped an EP of covers, which is very fun. 
um please check out like their regular work because they're yes. we're, we're huge fans um of that band but uh it was sort of like a fun it's fun it's just fun to get a little bit of an ep of covers uh and the the song i'm going to shout out is letter from an occupant which is a new pornographer's cover and their version is great i really enjoy it um yeah it's a five song ep there's some good stuff there's a rancid cover which is great um yeah i don't know i i really dig it and it's cool too because uh lauren's voice is very different than the original artist nico cases the original singer nico cases voice so it's like a really cool cool contrast yeah that was a fun little surprise a couple of weeks ago yeah that's exactly what it felt like it felt like a treat in a year that yeah. has not necessarily like given us too many too many treats we've gotten plenty of like good music uh new music and stuff like that but this just felt like uh yeah a bit of candy or something like that which was cool um but pat i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna jump right into the song that i want to talk about today yeah go for it because i i am cheating uh Uh-oh. part of part of why i love this warriors ep is because i think it really like has made me revisit a lot of music i listened to in college mm-hmm. and so the i wanted to talk about letter from an occupant by the new pornographers perfect <laughs> which uh is just a killer song um uh if anyone is not familiar with the new pornographers big indie indie rock band i i think their first album of which this song was on mass romantic um, I think it dropped in like 2000. So, very of the of the aughts. They were they were a big uh, like power pop indie rock group, and in some ways a bit of a, a indie Canadian supergroup um, to some extent. Nico Case kind of already had a career of her own, and she's the lead singer on a lot of tracks. Uh, you also have um, AC Newman, Carl Newman, who kind of also releases his own work and. Um, I'm not like the biggest super fan and don't know everything about them, but they, I remember they were like hyped as far as indie bands go. And I didn't even find out about them probably until years later. You know, I was slow on the uptake with a lot of indie rock. Um, but when I first heard this song, this was probably the first song I heard by them. And it, I, I, I don't want to be like hyperbolic. It didn't blow me away, but I was just like, oh, this is what I've been looking for. I think with indie rock, cause I was way more into like bullshit pop punk and stuff like that at the time and i wanted something that just felt urgent and uh i think nico like almost strains like every time she has to sing a chorus on this song and i was like oh yeah that's what i'm looking for i'm like looking for this power pop thing but with just a the the smallest amount of an edge (laughs) you know yeah um and that that really like sold it for me that really sold it for me nice yeah yeah i'm gonna be honest like i never really got into the new pornographers and that's not i mean truthfully it's because when they were what do you say the first was 2000 yeah like that was my snotty teenage years where i was like oh those end up punk and metal and blah 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 um and for me i think sort of my gateway into more of like the indie pop realm was uh like broken social scene Mm -hmm. and like that 
that edge that you're talking about. Sometimes it's like so like not even noticeable, mm-hmm. but uh, it's interesting when you hear it because it is sort of a um, I don't know. It felt like a doorway of like oh, okay, there's some it there's something that feels real about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and I don't not to diminish any of the other artists, but there was <laughs> something that just like the imperfections, I guess, was what yeah. made it interesting to me. Well, and isn't Broken Social Scene is like another Canadian sort of indie supergroup, right? And I, yeah. I think Nico even like also sings for them sometimes, um, or has maybe on occasion. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but uh, yeah, there's something about the, like these collaborative projects coming from like <laughs> indie can, uh, Canadian rock, I guess that is special. I don't know. They kind, they seem to pull it off in a, a really nice way. I can't remember the last time I heard like a U.S. supergroup that I was just like, oh, what a delicate balance of different elements. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and I'm going to yeah. say this from a very uninformed place, so sorry to our Canadian Dude, listeners. Go for it. But I feel like I feel like I've read or heard that the Canadian government does a better job at like sponsoring or like assisting the arts. And that may not be entirely true, it but like It has to. Do you think yeah. the US does any good job of it? No, not at all. <laughs> Like, pick a country. They probably do a better job. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so, another thing I love about this song is that, lyrically, it's kind of insane. And I was trying to look this up before we recorded today. I couldn't find anything definitive on this. But I have this recollection years ago. I think it was an interview with um, Carl Newman. Kind of like, the, he's sort of like the lead, one of the lead guys behind the band. Mm-hmm. And someone was asking him what letter from an occupant is about because let's i'm gonna give you the the chorus lyrics on this song the chorus is just two lines and it's for the love of god you said not a letter from an occupant so on its own what does that mean but you you assume that in context with the rest of the song okay this will make sense, right? Like, it would probably be the first hit indie song about a, a landlord. <laughs> um, like, that's the only thing I can think of is that it's like a song from the landlord's point of view. And we're yeah. talking about, you know, somebody who's like renting an apartment in their building or something. But there's like nothing else in the song that seems in any way to that point. Like, there's, it's just, I think there's like some beautiful couplets and the lines are really like thought-provoking in some ways but it doesn't particularly make sense it's just sort of seems like stream of consciousness thoughts and in this interview i remember i I may be misremembering from years ago newman said something like he he often writes lyrics just based on what the sounds will sound like so he'll choose like the correct number of syllables and the kind of consonant or vowel sound that he wants to maybe you know finish a line and things like that or or just to like go with whatever the music is and that this was an example of that like that it means nothing it's just occupant was the right like right word to use for the space that he was trying to fill yeah and i think that is both fascinating and like a very sort of i don't know craftsman way of thinking about music you know like we just have to get the sounds to be correct doesn't the lyrics aren't maybe as important um But it's also kind of insanely frustrating from the point of view, especially of, you know, this was like nascent internet 
analysis era. So it's like a lot of just, you're just mostly just listening to music and trying to figure out what the lyrics mean. And you might catch like a magazine interview here and there, but it's not like they're just like, I don't know. It just wasn't as like, there weren't, there weren't as many places to go and find out what something was about back then as there are now. Yeah. Um, and it like low key drove me nuts for a while. <laughs> like, what is this song about? <laughs> Yeah, but there, but there is like the opening line is is this gorgeous thought provoking thing of it's just uh, I'm told the eventual downfall is just a bill from the restaurant, and I like that to me is like perfect low stakes humanity, <laughs> like right. the thing that will break us is just you know an extra ten dollars or something like that. Um, so yeah, I love the lyrics to this to this song, and also um, am resentful of them at the same time, I suppose. <laughs> which which i like yeah i mean it's it's interesting because it turns the lyrics into almost um like another instrument in the song where yeah exactly it's helping paint a picture but mm-hmm. kind of in a more abstract way where maybe yeah maybe none of them were ever intended to mean anything um it's yeah i don't know it, that gets into like art criticism right like or art interpretation of you know is it okay that maybe the lyrics are disjointed but now you as the listener get to decide how, right. what you feel the song is like right um totally and i think it's like uh yeah yeah it is it is very much in that in that realm of art criticism and it's I don't know. I don't think the point of it is to like be nonsensical. I don't think that's their intention at all. I think it's just sort of like, oh, we'll write as much of a song as we can write. And then where we don't have anything brilliant to say, we're going to default to what sounds the best, you know? Yeah. And so it, it almost just like keeps you guessing throughout. And at this point, like I said, I was trying to look this up and confirm this before we recorded. And I can't right now. Um, I think I saw a Rolling Stone uh, mention from Newman that just said he's he's still trying to figure out like what the song really means but i think that's something that a lot of artists say you know even if the song is like obviously about i don't know a failed relationship let's say you're still like really trying to come to terms with what it's about whatever um but now it's like at this point i love that you know 15 years later or whatever i could just i could have this romantic idea of what this song is and i could still be wrong and it could just be about like you know someone's day it could have been like recording their day and wrote wrote a song about it and there's probably all these fans out there that know this band better than me that are like duh dude you're like you're an idiot (laughs) this song is very obvious about what it's about but i'm gonna hang on to this like ambiguity yeah i mean but that's also the fun part about it right like it could just be about somebody's day but if taken at like a metaphor or like from the artistic standpoint somebody's day might have a theme that applies mm-hmm. to like a larger right. story. Right. Um, I also, I think of this song too, because, uh, you know, Pat, as you were saying, it's like early two thousands, a lot of bullshit. Um, some of it that we have a, a, a wonderful and fond appreciation for, but like I was listening to angrier, angstier music, you know, really when this album was out and being celebrated and it wasn't until some years later that, like, in mid, I would say the middle of college is probably when I found this, like, sophomore, junior year. So probably around 2006, 2007. And I think I found it around the same time I found Rilo Kylie. And um, if anyone's unfamiliar with that band, that's like a similar kind of like power pop, 
guitar, but, you know, like, distortion, but with, like, good pop hooks uh, fronted by a woman. And I think that, like, represents, that came to represent a lot of guitar music that I ended up liking for the next bunch of years. It was just, like, this pivot to being like, oh, you can be really earnest. Uh, you can have, like, the energy, maybe, some of the energy borrowed from, like, punk music and pop punk music. Um, but you can also kind of write slightly better songs and have a better perspective about the world. Um, and I think ultimately like, that's what I was just waiting for. I was like, I was like, ah, yes, yes. It's like kind of the energy I like, but it's just, uh, not as gross, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this song also kind of just like represents a little bit of that turning point and, and opening up to some music, which like in retrospect is not at all far away from the music that I had been listening to. But does still was like, oh, yeah, I, sh- I could just be more OK with liking more types of bands or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was like it was very cool for that as well. I also got into Rilo Kylie and I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like you were saying at the time, it was harder to find out about bands, right? Like you had their MySpace page and sometimes they had <laughs> pictures up or sometimes they didn't have a MySpace and so with Rilo Kylie, for the longest time, I thought that was a person. I thought that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Because I knew of Nico Case, and so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, Rilo Kylie is somebody else who's also very good. Who uh, also has, like, an interesting name. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure, that sounds like it could be a name. Sounds like, like it could be a Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, Rilo Kylie fucking ruled. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what their legacy is going to be. And I don't I don't care, frankly, like that's a band that in some ways could do no wrong in my eyes. Like they put out what, four albums, something like three or four albums. It wasn't the broadest catalog or it wasn't like the biggest catalog that a band has ever released. But just from start to finish, I don't know. I think they they kicked ass. And I think, you know, uh, as with many as with many bands. It will be debated if their last album was was worth making, uh, but I fucking love their last album. So I have no, I have like no qualms about saying that uh, they were great all the way through. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pat, what did you want to talk about today? Sure. Um, so kind of like you, I've also been revisiting some college favorites. Um, nice. But this came about because Mogwai just released an album, um, mm. uh, which I did not write down the title of, so sorry, Mogwai. Um, we'll get it for you. But it went to number one, and it was their first album yeah. in 25 years to hit number one. And I was like, yeah, you know, good for you. Like, that rules. Uh, if you don't know much about Mogwai, they're... I guess classified as post rock, um, mm-hmm. very lyric minimal, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes when there are lyrics, it's like heavily hidden behind vocoders or vocal effects. Um, and actually, sort of this path that happened was Mogwai released that album uh, at the same time Daft Punk announced that they broke up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I was thinking a lot about like what bands do I think of when I think of vocoders. Because I think yeah. of Daft yeah. Punk, Stevie Wonder, and Mogwai. Yeah. Um, which is a weird trio that's in my head, but I love it. 
Um, it's not like on every play. It's not on every playlist back to back to back. And they shouldn't be. <laughs> All equally good, but for very sure, different reasons. Sure. Um, but I've been digging through and kind of listening to old stuff that I hadn't listened to in a while. And then I saw on Spotify that they have a an album of like live releases called oh, cool. um, Government Commissions uh, and their BBC sessions. And I think... Mm-hmm. I have not looked into this. I know that at least a handful of these are from like Peel Sessions. Okay. So the song that I've been listening to probably the most, partially because it's the first track on this album, um, is Hunted by a Freak, um, which is off of Happy Music for Happy People. Um, (laughs) Happy Music for Happy People has a song. (laughs) What is it? Hunted by a Freak? Yeah. I mean, that is a beautiful that's a beautiful title for that album yeah i mean that's the thing that you get for from post-rock and maybe a thing that like really attracted me to it was this like you were saying about words that just have a sound because they're instrumental because they don't really have lyrics you get these songs that have these titles and they're very illustrative um they tell a story Mm -hmm. where there's no Mm -hmm. words uh and this song does have words but they're heavily processed um so i don't know what the you know you don't know what the story of this song is um yeah but it's a it's just a really pretty kind of running arpeggiated guitar line through the whole thing and i don't know there's something really comforting to that and you know i found them in college and at you know at the same time that post-rock was really blowing up and it was just sort of this really interesting expanse. Like, I never really knew yeah. music could feel that big, you know? And I really yeah. liked that idea. Can you zoom out a little bit for folks? Uh, like, what is post-rock? If, I mean, every genre, this is a, is a constant disclaimer on the show. Every genre is impossible to fully define. Yeah. And we don't seek to do that. But, like, yeah, like, what, for just generally speaking, like, how would you classify or talk about post-rock? I mean, everybody to some degree has heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the larger, more cinematic sounding. It's yeah. typically used in soundtracks. Um, if you've seen Friday Night Lights, that soundtrack mm-hmm. was done by Explosions in the Sky, another very famous uh, post-rock band. Um, 28 Days Later has a Godspeed You Black Emperor track in it. Um, Mogwai, uh, what movies have they done? They've done a bunch of movie soundtracks, but none that I've ever seen. They did one uh, about Zidane. Mm -hmm. Um, They did one about Atomic Energy. Um, They have another (laughs) one for this new show coming out called Zero Zero Zero. But mm-hmm. yeah, post-rock is just kind of like, I mean, if you took the spacey parts of Pink Floyd songs, like Echoes, mm-hmm. and yeah. then just gave them del- like more delay pedals and more <laughs> fuzz pedals it's, and yeah. more synthesizers, it's just, it's a bigger universe. It's like a yes. very atmospheric, sometimes thunderous, sometimes really fragile, uh, more orchestral. Maybe that's the right way yeah. to say it. I think that. Yeah, I think that kind of like nails it, you know, because I think when we think of cinematic music, we often people obviously think of classically cinematic stuff, right? Like 
orchestras, uh, orchestras creating that sound. Um, and then maybe even more recently, we think a lot of sort of like a man with a thousand keyboards, like sitting in his dungeon, creating big uh, cinematic sounds. And post rock is kind of in the in between that. It's a band. Usually, it's like something that sort of resembles on its surface a rock band, but they are creating something like really big cinematic um, that fits into that world as well. Yeah. 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 And so something about this song that really interests me. Like I said, it's a fairly simple melody. Fairly simple. Um, but I think it sets the stage for scale. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fragile song. It's a, like the guitar tone is very delicate. Um, but what always has interested me with post-rock is the fact that it's, you know, usually, well, with the exception of Godspeed, it's usually just a handful of people. Godspeed, mm-hmm. I think, is like, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 people. Um, but Mogwai, for example, is, I believe at the time, a set of five folks who are able to create this like thunderous sound from very Mm. simple riffs and guitar lines. And that's always been really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's impressive. Um, and is there something like you talk about, you talked about this, like running arpeggio, right? And I guess for you just personally you know it's like what is is there is there a power for you into like with like repetition in songs or or just like that build of like the a lot basically a long build either from small to large or large to small um i'm kind of like curious about how you think about that like is that stuff you love to use in certain parts of your life or is it kind of like always welcome you know that's a really great question um because i think something that turns people off to music like this sometimes is they see that the track this track is not all that long there's a live version of their song called like herod that's like 18 minutes long Mm -hmm. and i think that turns people off because that's a commitment right right but to me i think i really like the patience of it you know, I you and you can respect the craft of a song that is a minute and a half, right, or three mm-hmm, minutes. Mm-hmm. That's solid and it's encapsulated. But sometimes, sometimes it needs that distance to or that duration to breathe and really yeah. to like soak in the idea. Um, so for me, it can be like a very meditative thing. Um, so I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I will listen to it to relax. Sure. I will listen to it to focus. Mm-hmm. I will listen to it to calm nerves or anxieties or whatever. And maybe we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth bringing up again. There's a sort of this spectrum that I have with music, and it's how I sort of connect the dots between like the quietest things I listen to to the most potentially, I don't know, even scary things, mm-hmm. where I own like a ton of just ambient albums that are field recordings or just a looping brook or something like that. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's craft in minimalism and really just pulling back on everything. And to me, the spectrum sort of starts there and then can go up to like piano music or violins mm-hmm. and things like that. And then to get a little more oomph and energy and like, 
I don't know, vibes, uh, you can get into like explosions in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then Mogwai, who have a little bit more grit, and Godspeed, who are a little scary. They get into more dissonance mm-hmm. that feels a little more hopeful. Uh, and to me, it's kind of like you're turning up the distortion and the gain. Yeah. Because once you get into now you can get into the threshold of like heavy metal. Sure. Where like you don't understand the lyrics, but at the s- same degree, you're getting repetition, you're getting drone, mm-hmm. you're getting and it's just like a difference in energy to me. Um yeah. so yeah, it's like um that's where like instrumental sort of falls into like a meditative um tool or something that I have in my back pocket for uh managing a day yeah yeah if you were to try to like just a a a a, a, fan, a music fan who is open to it but has not you know ever listened to mogwai and you're gonna tell them to listen to this song what do you think is like the optimal setting just for like your average person you know is this like yeah that's what i'm wondering you know how to yeah. pitch it to them oh that's i mean headphones headphones okay. is like this is a headphone band um like uh twilight walk um headphones on your run you know what i mean like i'm just like trying to match the energy yeah so people yeah. can really be like i want to love this song and i want to have the patience what should i be doing while i listen to this song sure yeah uh morning coffee mm-hmm. twilight walk i think as a running song probably a good beat to run to um oh, that's good that's helpful but yeah, but I think from a more accessible standpoint, like, yeah, a walk or with mm-hmm. your morning coffee or with a glass of wine. Uh, it's this out of the whole spectrum of things I brought up today. This is a very accessible and yeah, it's not going to yeah. like get in your face and like challenge you. It's it's a com- for me. This is a very comforting and relaxing song. Yeah. Can, can you remind us of the title of the song and the album it can be found on? Sure. Uh, this is Mogwai's Hunted by a Freak from the album Happy Music for Happy People. Nice. So everyone should make sure to check that out. Um, also check out Mogwai's new album, which I believe is called As the Love Continues. Uh, does that sound right, Pat? It does. Um, yeah. So that's their latest album, which is also worth checking out. It's huge. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy that after all these years, they just ha- had a number one album. Yeah. Right? No, <laughs> especially absolutely. For like, Especially for the type of music they make. It's, like, totally nuts. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and that's why it's great. Um, I will say, just hearing the the band, or rather the album name again, uh, something that I find fun is to sort of look through their song titles just to see what things are called. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that's just kind of a fun thing. There's a, On that BBC Sessions, there's a song called uh, Superheroes of BMX. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like what you would expect it to sound like but maybe yeah. it does maybe it does yeah uh it's all about the interpretation you know right. uh so so listen to letter from an occupant by the new pornographers check out their debut album which if you're like our age and haven't done um i guess this is your chance this is your calling to finally revisit an album from 21 years ago uh it's called mass romantic and I don't know. If you like indie rock, you'll probably like it. That that's that's the best recommendation I can give on that. Um and uh and check out Warriors, uh of course, of course, of course. Um just because even for the cover of this song, you're you'll you'll dig. You'll dig. 
Pat, anything else today before we let people go? Yeah, on the subject of warriors, um, check out Lauren's Substack. Uh, it's called Get It Together. Yes, they release it weekly. It's really cool music recommendations, creative recommendations, just a whole bunch of really awesome stuff. Highly recommend subscribing to that. Hell yeah, yeah, um, definitely do that. And uh, hey, subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. If this is your first time listening to it. And check us out on, uh, on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, at Repeater Show. You can keep up to date with uh, everything that's going on. Sounds great. Please follow us. <laughs> Tell everybody to follow us. As many people as you can think of. Truly. Get the word out there. Um, and until next time, everybody, hit repeat. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford-Barden and Patrick Cartelli. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Yeah, well, I'll have superhuman breath by the end of this.